worse by magnitude for it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me go ahead and send him the message. Yep. Start. Hey everybody, welcome to the good, the bad, and the nerdy movie podcast. It's the 12 days of Star Wars, and we're up to the 10th day of Star Wars. That's right, 10 grilled porgs. That's right, it's The Last Jedi. The movie that most people either... It's probably the most... uh, I wouldn't say divisive, but it's definitely the one that everyone has the most personal opinions on which is interesting because it's either you really really love it or you you hate it or you have really mixed feelings it's there is no kind of and it's interesting i've been reading more and more more and more people are going into i really love it after they've given it more time to digest so uh right now we got will online we hope bruce will show up later but uh will what's your uh so i 100 percent agree this is a very i think this is a divisive movie i think that very few people come out of this movie going yeah it was all right it, you you tend to have the the strong emotions and the strong opinions about it and i agree and i agree that over time it has become more accepted as a film because when it first hit boy howdy there were some serious hot takes uh people people <laughs> hated this film uh and or or people they loved absolutely it. loved That's it you're thing. right and then uh, people there were people like me who kind of had a mixed mixed bag of emotion, mixed bag of feelings about the film um, and some analysis. The more I think about it, the worse I hate the parts I hate and the more I love the parts I love. Does that make sense? Oh, no, that actually makes perfect sense because that's the issue. It's like you either – there are some part that, now, is this the best Star Wars movie? No, but I will be up front. This is my second favorite Star Wars movie. It's number two on my rankings. For, and the things that they got so right pretty much excuse everything that's okay or just or I wouldn't call it misfires, but just so for me for my ranking, this is the, is the fifth movie. It's basically smack dag in the middle. It's not my favorite movie, of course, which is episode four, and it's not my most hated film, which is episode two. Uh, but it sort of lingers in the middle of it was okay. I, I mean, it, it comes out to be it was okay, but only because the sum of my opinions on this movie, are less than the whole of the parts <laughs> uh, because there are parts of this movie that I detest. And there are parts of this movie that I think they got, they nailed to the wall with perfection. So. Yeah. Okay. So I think we can all agree. So this came out literally we're recording this uh, the day after the third year anniversary of its release and kind of a really neat thing. Um, Ryan Johnson actually tweeted some great behind the scenes photos in which I've, if you hit us on our Facebook group, uh, you'll see I posted some of them, including a great shot that they actually made a real, you know, sea cow with the nipples, <laughs> which, I mean, you got to imagine the person who got the, the job to build that is like, seriously? Got to get that green okay. milk, bro. Uh, <laughs> I know, and it's green milk. I mean, the it's one of those best, like, oh, so that. Really I do kind of love that milk. that was a practical effect. Because that's just that just shows the yeah. dedication Mark Hamill has to his to his uh, acting. Uh, he <laughs> but also the fact, that, but Lucas would have CGI'd this. That's the thing. It's like that's a frat, practical effect. And of course, the other great picture was he put, tweeted a picture of Frank Oz performing Yoda. So it wasn't oh we're going to CGI. No, they got Frank Oz. He he's been in semi retirement of performing any kind of puppets. And he got he puts the Yoda back on. So I mean that's the thing, I, and that was probably one of the best surprises of this movie was that Yoda. I agree. Yoda. I was very surprised in a good way when when uh, Force Ghost Yoda showed up. Uh, that actually made me very happy to see, and it really fits with the theme of that section of the movie. Um, so let's talk about the uh, the first part of the movie. I okay. So, and this is one thing I give really cool credit for. Every Star Wars movie of this one always has some kind of time jump. This takes place less than 30 minutes after the first film. It's so unique. It's like, oh, this is them escaping because they were like, oh, yeah, we just won. Ray just left in the Falcon. We, we all got to leave. Like Empire famously was like, oh, they've been jumping around planet to planet for years. This case, no, we're still at the same planet. We're leaving right now. And yeah, that's not off. super clear in the um, opening sequence, um, especially when you're coming for the person who comes back. Like if you're not watching them back to back to back, 
that's really hard to notice. In fact, I didn't notice it on my first viewing. Um, and I'm still kind of like, yeah, I guess I can see it, but it seems like it's something you would have had to look elsewhere outside the movie to really understand. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, I get it. I, I, I absolutely get why they did that. And it becomes more clear when uh, Finn makes his reappearance. Um, yeah, because that's the point. Finn has to, still hasn't really gotten out of his coward state. Oh, no, but he's been in med- – so the, the, which... when he's reintroduced, he's, he's coming back from a medical treatment. And he got a pretty bad wound, and that could have taken – you know, that could have taken a, a num- uh, some indefinite amount of time from a few hours to a few weeks, um, just like in the back to tank in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, Empire. so that, yeah. that kind of thing – that you could be more nebulous. It doesn't have to be literally right after they escape from the thing. It could have been, you know, a few weeks later or whatever. And that's fine. Again, not super clear. Uh, it's clear that some time has passed, but not like six years or something. Um, no, it, it's been a few, uh, at most it's been a couple of days. Cause, okay. Cause everything that in the last few minutes of, of force awakens, you know, we got the R2 woke up. He had the other half of the map and, you know, they, and Ray and Chewie leave. And that's pretty much where it, it kind of ended with them heading off. And of course that great shot of her finding Luke. On and the we'll come back that to mountain. that in a bit. Um, so the opening sequence is Poe leading a ragtag group of fighters against a dreadnought class, giant oversized, you know, compensation ship uh, and all its attendant ships in a, ditch effort to to save the day and win the thing and honestly this space battle is kind of bad and i know people really hate the bombers and i'm not thrilled with the bombers because the concept of a bomber in space they already did this they did this in empire with the asteroids right and so i can kind of get it this is a really big ship it probably has a weak gravitational field if i eject these munitions you know out of my ship it's in space. They're going to keep their momentum. Uh, so you can, you can. Well, they have magnetic. Uh, they're, they're, uh, if you pay attention, they, uh, they're. Yeah, they're to supposed to be magnetic bombs. bombs. So they, they don't act like magnetic bombs, which is my problem. Uh, what they act like is bomb bombs, which fall through gravity and land on things. Because when they push a button, a little thing opens up and they start to drop out. And I'm like, I get it. Star Wars is sort of based on World War II stuff. Gravity has always played a little funky. So it's not a good sequence. Plus, there's this heroic sacrifice from a character we have literally never met and who says maybe three words. And I get that she's maybe supposed to be important later, and she is, technically. But in the moment, we have no idea who this is, any context about this person. The sacrifice is like, yeah, okay, that's sad, I guess. I guess I'm sad. You don't feel it. And the comedy is out of place at the beginning of this. The slapstick comedy – Holding for yeah, yeah, Hawks. that, that whole for bit Hawks. is is a little Orgy out of place. I think it's out of place. It, it it's out of place. I have a feeling that was really more. I don't think Ryan Johnson wrote that as much as I, 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 Oscar Isaac. And they just left it in. That. I think they're trying to go for that Guardians and, of the Galaxy. Ha ha! Look at us subvert. Uh, yeah. And that's something we should point out. You know, this is only a couple years after Guardians of the Galaxy, and Ryan Johnson writes comedy a lot in his movies. So, like that's something we hadn't really addressed is okay, so when this movie was announced, you know, Ryan Johnson had made Looper, which I think we you and I both agree probably one of the better time travel movies. Uh, it's ever pretty good. I think it decade. has its flaws, but ultimately it's a very enjoyable watch and I uh, recommend people go see it. Yeah, and he's also and of course he famously made the movie Brick, which is a uh crime drama set in a high school which uh kind of set him on the map and he made a couple other films that were more like action mystery comedies and since this time he's made knives out which has become a huge kind of uh breakthrough film for him and i I, we've already covered it on this podcast uh, about knives out if you've not seen it it's it's on amazon prime it's one of the better mystery comedies of all i hear it's very good i haven't seen it because time is hard right now but uh oh i know if you get a chance watch it it's 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 easy it's an easy watch and it's got a lot of like Wow, this is some funny dialogue and some really, really, yeah, so, really good but, acting. But this opening <laughs> sequence basically sets up Poe's arc for this film, right? And I don't think the arc is bad. Uh, Poe being a hot show. No, Poe po, having to learn a lesson is a fine story beat. It's fine. However, 
This also sets up Poe as being a dumb idiot because, and I don't mean being a dumb idiot because it's based on prior characterization. In the prior film, he was he was definitely a little hot-headed, but he was relatively intelligent. He came up with plans, he executed them well. He learned he he could follow orders, but also take his own initiative. This movie represents a little bit of a step back in characterization for him, and that's because he was supposed to die in the last film, uh, and then didn't. So they had to sort of shoehorn him in in this role. And while I do think the lesson that he his arc is actually decent in how it ends, I think the path I think the path they I'm took active, to get yeah. there, honestly. Poe's arc is one of the weaker elements of this film, and it's not the weakest element of this film, which says a lot about my opinions of a lot of the parts of this film. Poe's arc is not great because Poe's arc requires him to act like an idiot and other characters to act like morons. Uh, anytime your plot could be solved by all the characters sitting down for five minutes and having a cup of tea and talking, their, talking through their feelings, um, you have made a mistake in your writing. Yeah, no, so I will counter that, which is, Poe had the ability to listen, and he demonstrated he won't listen. So the what's going on when we when it comes to the whole bit where Leia demotes him, and then Holdo won't tell him what's going on. It's because they've tra- this is it's a demonstrating a problem he's had in the past. Is you tell him something, and he he'll just uh, I, I'm he's the lone wolf kind of thing, and he's supposed to be the commander. They're trying to teach him. But they're in the case where it's they're on the fl- they're having sheets him on the fly. Uh, I will agree they probably should have just told him what the plan was, but uh, he also wasn't telling them, "Hey, I've got this other uh, we got this solution." He doesn't tell them. Oh, either, that's another problem. He's other... also an idiot. <laughs> I mean, like like I said, every yeah, he, he's it's stubborn. not even stubborn. He's it's like stubborn, uncharacteristically stubborn. I guess is really because I mean, again, you can only base it on the film he was in prior. But in the film prior, he was able to adapt to new situations, to accept that other people might know more than him because he he trusts Finn like about stuff that Finn would know about. Yeah, he completely trusts Finn straight up instead of questioning his every move and rebelling against him. Um, now he's in a bit of a tighter spot there, but literally their entire fleet is going to get wrecked if he screws this up, and he's still being so stubborn in this film. Um, I'm not going to mention the arcing shots and the chasing and all that stuff because it's just dumb. Let's just, can we just throw that out there that that's stupid and dumb and I hate it and I don't have anything good to say about it. It's stupid. It's a dumb plot point, but it moves the plot forward. So, all right, whatever. Uh, what? Okay, so, but I will say this. The, um, the chase in space is the, dumb. Um, I get that yeah. it's a plot point. It's stupid. I, the, <laughs> there's nothing good about it. Well, okay, that's an homage, but see, that's, that's another case where he's trying to pay tribute to World War II Navy films because you, you had all these, you know, that, that's sort of an old trope where like the lone ships out there being sure. And I, I understand so that, but it, that's it. it's great that he wanted to tribute that. This was not the place to do it because it doesn't work. It looks dumb and it's stupid because space does not work that way, even in Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, you know, that's a case where I think he looked at like. What do we? What what rules do we have for Star Wars when it comes to weapons and, and so forth? And if you they even threw a clue of it in um, Rogue One, which is hey, the Empire was trying to figure out how to track people in hyper hyperspace, bef- you know, back then. So it's it's a thing that apparently they were hoping people would not throw a fit about. And apparently that's also a Battlestar Galactica. Uh, well, no, you don't even need to justify it. It was in the original. It was in Episode Four. There was hyperspace tracing oh, in the in episode four. That's not why I'm mad. I don't care about the hyperspace tracing. I think that would have been fine. I think if they had done the episode five, um, every time they jump to a place where they think they're safe, the Empire jumps in like 30 minutes later and scares the crap out of them and done that repeatedly, that would have been just as an effective storytelling method. Not this you know, SUV at 55 miles an hour down the highway chase <laughs> – in sp- in space of all places, where they're where they're arcing <laughs> shots. The, uh, just because they're a white oh my god, they're arcing shots in space. You don't arc shots in space. I'm sorry, I can't get over it. This is this is physics getting destroyed. Even more, so, like I was willing to accept. I accept sound in space. It's fine. It makes it dramatic. I accept that the 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 things could bank and Fire. turn around and in, in space. You know, that's just Star Wars. I get it. That's fine. But this was a bridge too far and I refuse to cross anymore. Um, I'm going to say that. Let me just say, I think the whole hyper, (laughs) I think the whole justification for the slow-mo chase in space was stupid. Arcing shots is stupid. Basically everything about that is dumb. 
and the whole plot line is poorly written and poorly done for the sake and, and solely done for the sake of having so many gotcha moments my head spins. And that is the biggest failing of the writing in this film. Ryan Johnson is so focused on subverting your expectations that he doesn't allow you to have any expectations, which means I don't care. It's cool. You can only, you know, as a, uh, a, a game master friend of mine says so much, there are things you can do where it's a great trick when you pull it, but you can only pull it once. And in this film, we get it like 17 times. And that's not kosher, bro. Oh, see, I'm the other way. I'm like, yeah, let's keep breaking what we're, what we're expecting. Because the whole, I mean, when uh, Kylo Ren says, let the past die, he's be, that's the theme of this film, which is every idea you've had about Star Wars, get over it. Oh, you think Rey is the daughter of Ben sure, Kenobi? Sure, but you no, hit, hit, the it. thing is, oh, hey. you can hit the theme of a movie so much, I stop giving a shit. And that's what happens in this film. Okay, and that, that, that was... See that, and that's your take. I and the thing is, I like the idea that they just kept throwing new twists and exploring it more. Well, yeah, but some so of the different. twists were really I like good. I liked that Ray was a nobody who came from nothing, whose parents sold her for drinking money. That was amazing. I love that revelation. That actually is legit too. Right, it feels, it feels legit. legit. It feels good. It's it, that's a good subversion. You know what's not a good subversion? It's not so. Popular. Um. Everything contriving to bring Finn and Rose to the fucking spaceship after a complete boondoggle of a side quest that did nothing and accomplished that, that helped nobody and accomplished nothing. So now here's where it's gonna be interesting. I agree with you that the everything at the Canto Bright Casino is not bad, but needed to be drastically edited down. So. I think we all agree that the – and I like the idea of them going on a mission that is a total – that fails. You know, we never get that happening usually. Usually every mission is some kind of success. This one, they they go on a mission to find this, you know, master code breaker. They don't get him. They find another guy who says he can do it, and apparently he can do it. But also they have to go through a bit of them escaping from the um, casino prison, and we get the bit uh. where they're riding on those, um, I guess. Those, I guess they're kind of like a hybrid of. I don't care what uh, they are. They're dumb and, and I horses. Hate yeah. Now we do at the flip side get the other big reveal, which is, hey, this is a planet full of all the rich guys in the galaxy. They all sell weapons, so we get a little like, oh, and by the way, they have slaves there, and the uh, Republic did nothing to deal with it because guess what? The Republic. Oh yeah, I, I, I thought the ex- the, ex- the so small not- expansions to show just how rough the rebellion or the resistance in this case, how rough the resistance has it, weren't bad. Like that's not what I'm talking about. That so the problem is pacing and timing. Yeah. One, so we have Finn. Uh, and so let's talk about Finn's arc. Finn's arc is over in 30 seconds and then gets put on hold for like 45 minutes and then shows back up at the end. And that is incredibly yep. bad pacing for his arc. Well, I think it's in the case where they've got ideas for him, but are they wanting to pull the trigger on it? Which is, does he, you know, and the, when we get to the next movie, it's more of a case where they really didn't. Uh, they, they, Finn, again, wasted potential. <laughs> Finn's character arc could have been so good. And I yeah. honestly thought it was going to end on a high note. I thought that his arc was going to actually be decent. And I was like, yeah, this makes sense. This, this, this is a good ending for this character's story. I'm not thrilled with every part of it, but this, this would be a good ending, but nope, we don't get that either. Anyway. Uh, God. Yeah. I, I think, um, I, I think he wanted to write a story. He wanted to write uh, Rose's story, but he had to have, no, you don't, you don't, we could have easily her. just picked and up Rose and followed us her story. And her story yeah. is, and as much as I love, I think Tran did a great job acting in this. I think Rose, as a character, is not bad. I think Rose Rose's use in this in this movie was wasted. She had a really good, really strong opening sequence, which really established her character, and I liked it. And then the rest of the film is faffing about. Well, and but then again, it's a case where. We thought this was going to happen. We didn't. We thought and it, it hits, happen. It's too many of those. Thought, yeah, if I can't like set a... expectations for your film, I stop giving a shit because I know I'm going to be wrong. And then I'm not invested. And then I don't care. This is exactly what happened with Robert Jordan's books. 
he kept trying to support shit and it took forever <laughs> shit to come out. B, it was 800 pages long every time he released a book and most of it was over the course of a span of a day and there was so much braid pulling and other nonsense. But he kept trying to subvert our expectations too much to the point where I stopped caring and stopped reading the series. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, you know, when you talk about, you know, everything about Will of Time, you're you're speaking to, and I didn't even make it through the first book, so I completely understand the uh, frustration. You know, same thing if you're a Dark Tower fanatic like I am. It's like there's a point where you're like, oh man, I love what he's doing, but it's also like I can't I figure out what he's doing, so I, I don't care. Out if I can't doing, figure so. out at least some direction, like yeah. you can surprise me some. There's a certain point where if it's if I'm too surprised, I don't care anymore because I know that. Any expectations I have are completely shattered. So why should I build any expectations? And by not building expectations, I don't build any connections to the things I'm watching. They're just things that are going to happen, and I'm, I'm watching them. They're not exciting beats in the story of a character. They're simply things that occur with these characters that happen. And that's what I mean about they did it too much. There are scenes where they don't do that, where they subvert your expectations just enough. Ray in the cave is a great great parallel to episode five that sequence is great that sequence is wonderful and i love the snapping fingers i love the effect i love the effect on her psyche i love luke's reaction it's simple too it's not a big you know we don't even have to have her fighting a vader thing it's just her dealing with the fact that she doesn't right. know and the dark really side is he's feeding on that and praying off of it and <laughs> throwing it in her face and laughing at her and it's a wonderful sequence and i loved it and then we cut back to stupid canto bite and the stupid Guy putting coins in the R2-D2 or BB-8, excuse me. And I'm like, uh, they're the same damn character. BB-8. <laughs> I mean, can we just get over I love BB-8. He's cute. He's a great design. Um, but, man, he plays the same role as R2-D2. And it's really frustrating. Yeah. By, by the way, fun fact, that actually was Mark Hamill in a motion. Oh, it sure was. I love that. I, I, I was going to mention that, actually. Thank you for catching me up on that. Um uh, yeah, so I mean, see, that's uh, you know, and, uh, you know, this has a lot of this movie full of weird Easter eggs, but that's the beauty part. I like the fact they have weird Easter eggs, like the milk callback. That's the thing fandom for years. Like, what the where? What is blue milk? We, like, we oh. still don't know what blue milk is because this was green. I just like it, it's it's green milk with the yellow removed. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's like it's milk. You got to see. Uh, it's, it's, I mean that that's a nice little side thing. I love it. It's a three second scene. It's it's a actually a wonderful characterization. I'm gonna talk about the good stuff. I swear I'm gonna talk about the good stuff, and I'm getting all the bad out early so I can talk about the good stuff and and be in a good mood at the end of this podcast. (laughs) Because I gotta talk about the pacing. The pacing (laughs) is bad. Um, Let's talk about Leia. I love that they explicitly show on screen that Leia has force powers. The problem is they do it in the dumbest possible fucking way. The whole Superman through. No, it's See, Superman I think that's the most space. badass that thing. That got okay. a laugh in the theater. And it wasn't supposed to be funny. It was supposed to be cool as shit. And it wasn't. It was dumb. See, it meant your theater may have laughed. Mine thought a lot of people were like, No, wow. no, my entire theater that's chuckled. Awesome. And I joined them. It depended on what theater. Because the crowd, I was there, a lot of people like, oh, were shocked at first. Oh, crap, they just killed Lay. Which, let's be honest, this movie came out, you know, this was the last thing Carrie Fisher did. So. When you see her not when you see what you think her, is her death, it's uh, I mean the whole crowd. Was oh yeah, that was a shock. I will admit that eyes. moment. That huh? is a good moment from the chase scene. Is when uh, Kylo Ren hesitates and then his wingmen blow up the bridge. That's great. That's a great character moment for Kylo Ren, um, and I thought it was fantastic. And it's a great moment for Leia too. Uh, they done Admiral Akbar dirty. Um, they done Admar. They, they... But that's the thing. I love the fact they did do that. They picked Akbar to do it dirty because it's almost like, wait a minute. Well, you know, we really love Adam Akbar, but he really was only into the one movie. So, who would you rather see get killed? It's it's a funny bit. It's it's, but it's also a this kind of thing could happen if he's sitting on. No, no, I I get that it's it's fun, but uh, it's not fun either because dude doesn't even get that many lines. He says like three things and dies like a chump. And you know what? In Star Wars, the cool characters don't die like chumps, except for one. And we already talked about him. His name is Boba Fett, and he's a chump. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll get to that. Well, uh, that, that's what I hear, and I hope it's good. I haven't seen it yet. Um, God, it, it, her flying through space it just looks so dumb, and it's so frustrating. Now, 
apparently they tweaked it. They tweaked it originally. It was you're supposed to, you're supposed to see her create a bubble of uh, around herself. Which oh, let me let me pitch a scene to you. Let me I like pitch that scene that, to you yeah. in a way that would have been just as awesome, gotten you to the same place, and really been a much better display of power. Right. So she's clearly a powerful force user. Clearly. Okay. Based on the fact that she woke up from being, you know, being out in space, flew her ass back into the ship and sealed off the ship behind her to get oxygen. Cool. Awesome possum. So let's pitch that scene again. The missiles hit. The bridge explodes. We keep all that. The next thing you see is Leia possibly burned from the explosion with like blood running down her nose from strain with her hand out holding parts of the ship, you know, together um, and keeping some people like suspended in midair so they're not being sucked out just long enough for a crew to rush in, save the few people she could, and have her – as soon as everyone's safe, she says something like, all right, they're safe, and like collapses and is horribly wounded and bleeding from the eyes and shit, right? That would have gotten the same points across and would have been a much more interesting scene. I don't even care about Which Akbar. I mean, yeah, it would have been cool live. to see Akbar live, but he wouldn't have, like. You could even have him where she's straining and Akbar's like holding on, and he just looks at her and like lets go and flies out into space and dies. That would have been cool too. That would have been fine. It's not Admiral Akbar dying. It's that he died yeah. like a chump. You see what I mean? And okay. See now, I like I like the idea of, of them trying of Akbar right. basically letting himself. So go that's good, and it, and it would have gotten like the same idea. point across so, that she's a powerful force user. It would have gotten across that she ha- she hurt herself using her force powers to survive a catastrophic event. It would have shown Akbar in a in a heroic light because he would have sacrificed himself so she wouldn't have to try to keep holding him, and it would have gotten her wounded, which is what the plot needed. So that scene is a thousand times mm-hmm. more interesting, in my opinion. Than what we got, which was the bridge blows up, everyone gets sucked out, Leia flies back, the end. Sorry, I just think that that's not good. Oh, I love where they got, I, I love where they went. I hate how they got there. Yeah, so yeah, so we get the idea of she's in a coma for, or at least she's in, she's in, uh, medical she is incapacitated for, for some period of time. That's what the story needed, that's where she ended up. Yeah, and and we get uh, Admiral Hodel, which a lot of people seem to have hate hatred for. But I, as I rewatched her scenes over and over again, she's actually being about as oh, I like General Holdo, criminally guess. wasted in this film. But I like the character. She's, I think she's. <laughs> but she gets well, to I'll get to that. I'll get to that. I'm 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 going to the bad. And I'm going to get to the good, and that's my transition scene. But even that I have problems with. So we talked about that. Canto Bite is a complete waste of time. And like, uh, let me let me walk you through another scenario that would have been much better. So instead of this slow-mo chase through space bullcrap, they're jumping around through hyperspace, being tracked by the giant fleet. They know they only have like a window of an hour or two or maybe 30 minutes before the, the Empire finds them and shows up, right? So they're jumping here and there, trying to escape. They're running out of fuel. I don't even mind they're running out of fuel bit. That's been established that that could be a thing in Star Wars, so that's fine. That doesn't bother me. I know a lot of people fixate on it, but it doesn't bother yeah. me. But they're it running out of they're running out of resources, whatever that resource power. is, fuel or power or whatever. And you know, they're they're in a they're in a very they're Actually. being chased, they're in a bind. These are the story elements we need to set up. And so in that 30-minute window, they send off a little ship to go hyperspace away while the main fleet draws all the attention. That would have been fine, but that should have been done way earlier in the film. <laughs> And, and who do you pick? Why well, you pick Finn. He's recovered from his adventure. He's a, he's a known element. He know he can operate by himself generally. And, but you need to send him back up, and Poe can't go because he's too busy. So we send this new up-and-coming plucky Rose who's trying to prove herself after the death of her sister and show that she's got what it takes to, to – you know, she's grieving in her own way, but she's still determined to see the resistance through. And that would have been a cool buddy cop story. And maybe they go off to Canto Bite for like 10 minutes. They don't get the one guy, they get the other guy, and they come back. And then you cut away, and you don't have 45 minutes on that stupid planet doing stupid shit. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think you, you and I both agree, edit it down. Edit it down. Now, I, the whole bit with the, you know, uh, the escape Ugh. sequence on the uh, animals, edit it down. But I do love the fact that we do meet the kids, and I think, you know, because I think we can all both agree. Well, no, you don't, because he's completely kind of relevant to the next film, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, there. 
well, when we get to the, when we get to tomorrow, the next episode, yeah. we'll have a great discussion. Well, they completely that, blew it. Anyway, What's you could cut out a ton of stuff. Yeah, it's a nice feel-good sequence, but you absolutely could have done that. You could have done a montage of children all over the Empire uh, looking up in the stars, listening to the story of Luke Skywalker, and maybe like the last one you show – it visits force powers. It didn't have to be that particular kid. It didn't have to be on Cantabite. It didn't have to be any of that crap. You could have you could have excised that entire planet completely, pulled all those story beats and put them somewhere else. A lot of the problem is they don't know what to do with Finn and Post. They just sort of jam them in as character beats that were probably for other characters. It's so it's so frustrating because Finn's arc is over in oh, the first ten minutes we see him. He's yeah. trying to run away again to go find Ray because that's what he does. That's his thing. He's still sort of scared of committing to something. He doesn't. Yeah, he's he's yeah he doesn't he doesn't have he doesn't know how to commit to a cause. <laughs> right, and then Rose basically tasers him, tells him you're an asshole, and he's like, oh yeah, I guess I am an asshole, and then that's his whole arc. But then. They pause like you. You think that there would be this big revelation or have a big moment, but then the movie goes on pause for forty-five minutes in his arc. While he does stuff, but none of it matters to his arc. You see what I mean? He just does things. No, I like I said. When it comes to Finn, I think we can both agree they just weren't certain what to do with him after the first movie. If he didn't survive, yeah. The if he first had died, that that would have been the thing for Ray. like that would have been a huge really, thing. <laughs> I mean, that would have been a bold choice. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. If he, I mean, I would hate to lose John Boyega because he's a alive, great actor and he was great in his role. I just think that he was he his wasted. Um. Anyway, so that's my my rant on Finn and Rose. Is Rose is wasted entirely in this movie? She serves no purpose other than to give um. Other than to say for Finn, no homo, Mister Frodo, no homo. That's basically what his whole point is. Her whole point is that because people couldn't stand, couldn't get over um, uh, Poe and Finn being an item, which oh, I think would have been, been awesome uh, because, I mean, they should have kissed in the first movie, honestly. Um, but. <laughs> yeah, I, I, t- I like the idea of Finn, be- of uh, Poe being like this, uh, this. Uh, intergalactic hustle, uh, hustler. I like, mean, he, just seriously. He's a down for anything. I swear. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean there's a whole bit where he's like, oh, that jacket looks good on you, man. I mean, that whole bit is fantastic. And and then here comes Rose. And I don't I don't hate Rose. And actually, I think that the love interest of Finn is, is a fine role to be in. And I think they – I really wish they'd done more with her character because I thought she had great potential. And her introduction is fantastic. But they wasted – they yeah. wasted that poor lady's acting, and they wasted it on bad plot points, and they wasted it on stupid shit. Well, and and unfortunately, I, I, she's another victim of the Twitter. Yeah, this film. I, I'm not going to justify the opinions Man, of those people. I, those people are are not people, people I care who I care about their opinions. I think that harassing someone for a role they play is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard of. I've maintained it then. I maintain it now. You people are assholes, and you know who you are. Probably no one who's listening to this podcast, though. So I'm just saying. Uh, well, I mean, if they are, uh, yeah, I appreciate well, the listen, you, but, but your opinion listening. is wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but see, therein uh, lies the problem, and Disney sort of did not realize as they were getting into these making films, social media and uh, trolls and basement dwellers, they are never satisfied. So, uh, l- but let's go on. Well, almost. I'm getting there. So, I told you, I told you I had a lot to say and I'm going to say I it all. Be a long one. Um, I will transition into the good though. I promise you. So we're, 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 we're following the plot line. Stuff has happened. Uh, a quick aside. Captain Phasma is the coolest character who was completely, who is the coolest character who was completely wasted even more than all the other wasted characters in this movie. Why, why did you do her? You did her dirty Disney. You did her dirty too. Her and Rose both got done dirty, but Rose isn't coming till the next movie. I'll get to that then. Anyway. So that's a complete, that whole sequence is a complete waste. It's kind of neat, but it's stupid moving right along. Uh, Everything where (laughs) Ray and Finn and Rose and all that shit are on the ship on, on the bad guy's ship is dumb and stupid moving right along. So, the coolest visual sequence in Star Wars, and I mean all of Star Wars, like all of it, is in this movie. And it is Holdo's sacrifice. And it is visually – I mean yes. you want to talk about a theater that literally chuckled at through the Supermaning bit uh, that Leia did 
there was dead. You could have heard a pin drop in that theater. It was beautiful. I loved every part of that sequence. It was so good. And honestly, I thought Holdo yeah. <laughs> was great there. But you know who would have been better there? You know who would have been a much better choice to be in that scene? See if you can guess. <laughs> no, Leia. Leia oh. would have been so good in that role. It would have been the perfect send-off. It would have been such a powerful moment. Leia should have been in that sequence. Yeah. Because I would, I would... otherwise Holdo is wasted. Holdo is a sacrificial lamb. I, I get that, but I also like the idea of the Okay, so uh, this is another case where they had expanded universe stuff about her saying that she would do these insanely crazy, risky things. You know, that at the Battle of uh, Jakku, she was like one of the big savers because she did these crazy, risky stuff. That's what her character was always was supposed to be is this insanely, like, when she, when the going gets down, she makes the most riskiest decisions. Well, that's cool, but you know what? None of that comes through the film. (laughs) And that's my problem. I know it's a case again where they they use the crutch of well you yeah that's what I call wasted character development. She should have gone on to to rebuild the resistance. This really should have been the passing the torch, um, movie. I agree with you. I like the idea of of it being passing the torch, but I I, they should have. They they absolutely should have. From a story perspective, it would have made perfect sense. So that's the oh. Uh, agreed, a hundred percent. But they weren't going to. That's the thing. And and it the makes the movie worse. Um, beautiful sequence, though. I love it. I I will go back and just watch that sequence. Or, I love that sequence so much. It's so pretty. And let's point out to people who didn't see it in the theaters. They had to put signs up, alerting people that there's a sequence. There's a moment in the movie where the sound will be gone. Do not run to the. <laughs> To the cashiers and tell, or the concession stand, say the sounds. Did it really? Because I never saw that sign when I saw it. um, And I didn't see it opening week. I saw it like the week after. Um, (sighs) I saw, I saw like the fifth day had been out, and but yeah, by that point they were already telling people, "Be prepared, something's going to happen in the movie." Just it's. It was so good because everybody in the theater went dead silent, and it was just. I mean, there was shock. It was such a beautiful cinematic moment. And I loved it, and I loved yeah. this film for that moment. But <laughs> yeah, and it's such a holy shit moment because I know you've never seen anything it, like this, and it's clearly high. a desperation and move, you... and it's so good. Um... And, and it's like she's already can yeah. find; she's going to stay on the bridge. She's going to be the one to see the ship down for her to do the. That and more importantly, the fact she puts it in the hyperdrive, and you see the I've rewatched it multiple times. Oh, yeah, it wrecks a whole bunch of spaceships behind it. It's almost everything. Yeah, it's amazing. It's not just one, it's not just you know, the main ship, it wrecks everything because the I could I could nerd out about this sequence for a long time. I'm gonna, I'm not going to because this is one of the things I actually love in this film, and I'm getting into the good stuff. I swear to you, Tom, I'm getting into the good stuff. Yeah, and, and but that's but like I said, that's a case where. Physics guys can say yes if you went to light speed <laughs> in that situation. This is what would oh, happen. It's so like good. the most like they actually took some. It's such a beautiful moment. Anyway, other things I really loved about do. this movie. Uh, I love grumpy ass Luke. I love him, and I'll tell you why I love him. Because if you look at what Luke has learned from his previous mentors, Obi Wan Kenobi and Yoda. He is acting. People say, "Oh, Luke's so out of character." I'm like, "No, he is not. He is exactly where he needs to be." Think about no, what happened. He, he failed with, with uh, Ben Solo. We know that's a failure. We see it like from multiple perspectives. Another thing that was really good, we got to see that from multiple perspectives. That was a really good choice. Really good choice. I love that in movies. I love the whole person describes it um, in, in their way. Yeah, the Rashomon thing. And you know what else? That's a, the uh, there's an episode yeah. of Batman the Animated Series that does that, which is absolutely fabulous, and everybody should go watch that. Um, that is correct. It's a really good, yeah, a really good the, episode. Uh, but Rantoy they do that here with that sequence. But anyway, Luke fails, right? So what does he do when he fails? He runs off to an abandoned planet to sulk. That's what he does. Uh, Obi Wan Kenobi runs and hides. Yoda ran and hid. Luke runs and hides. You know, I mean, these, these he's just basically following what his mentors did. And then then Ray shows up, and he's like, "Hey, I don't know who the hell you are," because he doesn't. He has no idea who the fuck she is. She's 
She's a rando who somehow brought him his old lightsaber. He's like, who the he, hell are you? And he's like, I don't want and that he, he I subverts the expectation the right way, just like Yoda did in episode five. So clearly he's learned a lesson there. And all the while, while Ray is basically Luke is, is trying to drive her away. He is trying to drive her away, but he's also teaching her. Like you pointed out uh, earlier, he's teaching her with everything he does. Now, he's not necessarily teaching the best lessons, but he is teaching. And he's following the same style that Yoda did. He's letting her get into situations and then seeing how she reacts. And there's even a dark side cave, which is amazing. And that sequence is also really good. I really love that sequence. And honestly, Luke's fears are justified. He's like, you went right it, for it. What happened? That's so weird because he's kind of isolated himself from the force here. It's, uh... Yeah, he's completely gone. He has not. He did not right. feel Han dying. He doesn't know. He like, well, to be fair, Han? Han's not force sensitive. They, so him not feeling it. But him not, but he's so out of practice. He doesn't even think to feel the. I mean, he doesn't even think to feel the emotions. He has to ask. He doesn't know something's wrong. It's he's out of practice, and it shows. And it's so good. And he's grumpy and surly. And he's 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 who I aspire to be in my he old age. Retired. I want to sit on my porch <laughs> and yell at children and tell them to get off my lawn and drink my crazy green milk and get it in my beard and be a slob. It's and then chop down a a rock hut with my lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's whip, so good. Whip, 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 and uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, as I was watching that again, I was thinking this is kind of like in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon when he's hitting her with the stick. It's like he's teaching her the most. Like, like you, you are completely using your yep. abilities wrong. You don't know what you, I can do here, here, with here. a stick. It's it's a really good and sequence. Like, I I love everything no on Octo. Really, I mean, some of the slapstick doesn't land. Uh, honestly, where where Ray is continually cutting the houses of those whatever creatures, yeah. The ki- <laughs> I mean, I laughed, the but at the same is, time, well, it was no, like, eh, it, you like could have cut that, but it's fine. It doesn't bother me. Um, the porgs, the porgs are the porgs. I mean, you either love them or hate them. I think they're cute. Are the porg? To <laughs> eat them. I, I do and think that, that bit, bit of slapstick actually works pretty well. Um, <laughs> if that had been the only slapstick in this movie, I probably would have been happier with it. <laughs> I think I think he did because you know uh, you're not going to waste food, he but he probably felt bad about it. He'd already cooked it. I mean, it was already seasoned. You're going to let those <laughs> seasonings go to waste? I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, but like, this is also when she, when when Ray and Kylo are talking <laughs> and having and in a really clever bit of 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 uh, uh, I would just say plot story writing. She, they yeah. develop this this a really clever way to get them to have scenes where oh, they can yeah. talk to each other, but they're but they don't have to talk to each other in each other's space. They're both in a place of safety from their perspective, and I thought that was very clever. Uh, I thought it was really interesting. Although I, mean, I admit that uh, Thirsty Adam Driver is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life, uh, because Kylo Ren is a great villain here. He's he is basically <laughs> trying so hard to be Vader, and everyone's telling him you're just so crap at it. And then he ultimately is like, "No, I'm not," and throws a, everything he does is tantrum throwing, which is just like his granddad. He basically did inherit his granddad's propensity towards whining, which is great. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so good. Kylo Ren is a treat in this, um, as the villain. Uh, I know people are like, oh, but Raylo's a thing. I'm like, dude's a freaking fascist murderer. Uh, don't, there's no romance here. And at the end of this film, there is, she is disgusted with him. He is garb. I mean, he is, he basically ends up trying to negger during their giant lightsaber fight, which is an amazing lightsaber fight, by the way. That whole sequence is so beautiful. Oh, I mean, that's okay. Let's get down to one of the biggest surprises, which is okay. So, Ray goes to try to basically do what Luke did, which is try to get Vader to turn. Yep. She yep. wants to get him to go reject and go back to the light side. Take straight to Snoke. And Snoke does his thing. It's a really nice, again, this is a, th- this is a huge thematic beat. But the way he does it is so different. I like the fact that, it, oh, he, He's just throwing her around. He's not really even trying to kill her. I think he's just messing with her. He wants to see how long before she. I think he knows he'll turn her easy, 
And what happened, but more importantly, he's wanting to really torment uh, Kylo. I'm going to cut your bitch ass in half. Kylo do? Oh, um, he's, but more importantly, he uses the force to turn on the lightsaber and slice him in half. I mean, so that's it, was a, it was really satisfying cool. to watch this guy in his gold formation half in a robe get his ass chopped in half. Uh, I don't think Snoke was a great villain. I don't think Snoke. And Luke, I don't like, think well, I don't think Snoke is a great Luke villain. Like, why think Honestly, that? getting him out of the picture and making Kylo Ren the main villain of the story was a smart play. Yeah, it, and honestly, that's the kind of yes. subversion I like. I thought that was a good subversion. Uh, I and I, I and you'll see the parallel between Episode Six and Episode Eight. Here is we have the same sequence. The good Jedi, the good proto Jedi, is being tortured by the big bad, and the person who they think they're trying to redeem is there to watch it. And ultimately, instead of being redeemed like Darth Vader, Kylo Ren goes the step beyond and completely rejects redemption, which is exactly like his arc in the seventh movie. And it's such a good sequence. Yeah, right, right. He's, he's like, like, I will do my it better. Fa- your grandfather and was wrong. To he's back. actually. It's the most. It's the. It's the, and that's what a, a grandson would do that never met his grandfather. Like, right. I'm, I mean, I Hitler Jr. here wrong, is basically right. just <laughs> going way above and beyond everyone else, and it's really good, and I love it. And uh... and the fight sequence with the, I guess his guard. It was really home. good. It's really good <laughs> sequence. Some of the best choreography. Period. I mean, that's another thing. Oh, I like, love the switching sabers, the idea, and it's hey, just a really, a really fun thing. Because you think, oh, maybe this is where he's going to re- be redeemed, and then he completely rejects that and starts negging Ray and basically saying, "You're garbage, you're trash, unless I'm here to pick you up." What a, what a wonderfully villainous move! Like this guy, and he does like, yeah, you're you're garbage, but I will like make you more than garbage. That's what an abuser says. <laughs> this guy is gar is is a wonderful villain, but he's really. He knows exactly. She is a how bit, but then then she and rejects him, and and you can see the rejection in her it. eyes when she's escaping, when she's taking that lightsaber away. She's leaving him, and he's just left basically holding the bag as she completely rejects everything he's about and gives him the uh, the force fuck you. <laughs> and let's point out if the hold on maneuver hadn't happened, that would have been going on longer. I don't know how that the, the it's another case. Of, okay, well, we got to separate them again, but that's what. Guess what? That's the point. The you have to keep breaking them apart because this th- this fight's got to continue one more time. And I give them credit for letting it. You know, like okay, now we're just gonna have All a right. tug of war. It, on it was the, really, it was really, the, a really good saber. sequence. Um, <laughs> Let's split up. It's a good parallel to the last movie, which is I, another example of, them, of Ryan Johnson looking I'm going to throw in my patented Ryan twist. I will twist. repeat this, but I'll throw it in. Throw <laughs> I might say he twisted it. his Johnson a little too much. Uh. Yeah. But so, yeah. And, yeah. So then we get the, uh, and then of course we get the, everything on Crate, which I will say. Uh, I have complaints about, about Crate, so like, we're getting no, back into some stuff some that cool I'm not thrilled with. Um, I honestly thought this is where Finn's arc was going to end. Uh, that, that he had learned. I, I I did too, but well, we forgot. We really haven't brought up. Well, Yoda knew, Yoda, Yoda, Yoda knew what was going. Yoda knew it was up. I mean, yeah, I love, but I but I do like the. I, I do love. I do love the return to angry puppet Yoda. I think that he is completely in character from his episode five appearance, and he's and he's and. I can feel that relationship. He's come back to see his old student. His old student's in a real bad place. His last, well, even so, his last student maybe, but still his his, his old student who's in a bad place, who's just trying to do the right thing, is just trying to figure things out. And he's like, look, I can offer you a little more help, but you got to help yourself, and I'm going to hit you with a stick until you do. And and it's and they sit there, and they basically <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he parts a very less. Uh, it's sort of the life lesson that Captain Picard gives to Data, which is you can try and do everything correctly and still lose, and that's just how life is. And Yoda gives a similar lesson, which is eventually your students will outgrow you. You have to let them go, even if you think they're wrong. And it's a really poignant little moment. And again, all the stuff yeah. with Luke and Ray and Kylo Ren is great. It's everything else I tend to have a problem with. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's and as I we were talking about this, we talked about this before, Corey. If they had made this a Disney Plus series, just that sequence, I think I think your, I think you're, that, you're, you're, you're making me come around on it, right Tom. There. I really do think this would have worked better as a mini series, especially because it felt episodic in a lot of places. And I think, and you can tell, everybody was like, you know what? I wish we had more for this. So, and then it, that's kind of where this and with Solo and all these where they struck us. Yeah, maybe we need to stop doing these just standalone movies or try to continue. So let's start exploring. Let's do them as miniseries. Let's explore. Yeah, let's let's look at what like a Marvel comic miniseries would be like. Let's do this. Yeah. And guess what? You know, so out of that, we get the Mandalorian. Yep. Now we have, and you know, we're recording this after the big Disney announcements and we know there's a Kenobi series in the works. We know there's an Ahsoka series in the. I mean, all these. Well, they could still they could still screw up the landing on those, but I, I look forward to exploring them. I have Disney and Plus, something. and while I have a seven year old uh, child in my house, <laughs> and into the far future, I will probably have Disney Plus for a long time. <laughs> oh. Oh, trust me. Like my Disney Plus account has a lot of Jesse uh, clicks and yeah, uh, yeah, Disney yeah. Plus clicks and Frozen Two clicks and Star Wars. <laughs> that's right I, that's also uh, so I, let me let me talk about uh crate a little more um salt yeah salt hoth I, I, you you just summed it up I mean, perfectly uh, this is salt hoth but it's not done well the little speeders are dumb um they're fine yeah i get that they're yeah, pieces like the of crap they're but i mean piece of shit because they it was an abandoned base like this was this was never used, and I like the idea. Is okay, we yep. didn't use the space. Uh, we didn't leave anything of any value there. It's a t- <laughs> those details I like. I agree with you that the actual oh, let's go charge at them is a. I, I think I think Finn. Finn, I, been Finn I, I mean, he didn't necessarily right. have to die Finn's in it, but suicide. I do think that he should have been his actually. arc ended there. His arc was I finally learned to believe in something so much I'm willing to sacrifice myself for it, and then and then and then here comes Rose. So I guess the problem is I I love the I'm sentiment more, that Rose was given well, when she crashes important. her speeder into into poor Finn, uh in in that moment. But at the same time, it was a really it's stupid not, thing because yeah. ultimately, what was her what was her plan for escaping? So she stops them from blowing up the thing. I mean, let's let's assume that Ray and Luke were you know thirty minutes behind <laughs> that they were not on the schedule. Uh, what happens then is everybody else dies horribly. And they get captured or get killed. Well, so her plan was bad. She was just basically rolling some dice and hoping they would come up. You see, what I mean? well, we got to remember that too, though. As this is happening, you know, the Millennium Falcon shows up, so they all right, but that Luke doesn't appear until there. after they Rose crashes into Luke. Finn. So there's and. Um, no, no, no. The Falcon shows up before Rose crashes in the Finn. Finn, like, everyone else is pulling off. He's like, yay, the Falcon's here. All the, you know, because... Oh, yeah, and that's when Rose the, stops her. Okay. Uh, everything else chases after the Falcon. So there's... That's when Rose goes... Because that's when Finn's like, okay, yeah, I yeah. got I still think he... I still think that that was the uh, end of Ray, his arc. That, But his arc was... Like, so even how it ended, his arc was done. His character is over. He's he's had his arc. He's, so where does yeah, he go from there? Well, as we'll see in the next movie, he doesn't. <laughs> but we'll we'll get back to it. Yeah, and then there there. Yeah, how can we write a better? I can write a, a much better how film. Can we write a better movie? <laughs> uh, I and that's that's. I mean, yeah. I'm not a professional yeah. film writer, so maybe I'm being overly overly confident but there. Then, but I think that a lot of the elements in this film and the next one. I could have written a. I would could have gotten to the same place through a much more interesting path because the paths we get are not interesting, um, and I have a real bone to pick with some of the choices they make in the next film. But I'm not talking about that. Anyway, so crate is fine. I, I don't hate it, but I think that a lot of bad choices were made. But to the uh, the the moment though, which yep. is okay. So. Suddenly, Luke appeared. Now, at this point, we were like, okay, his speeder's been, I mean, his X-Wing's submerged in the ocean. He pro- he said he wasn't ever late. So oh, yeah, I was like, man, he's, he's, he's looking He great. had time I mean, to shave and everything. Got, he's home, you know, he, Yoda's told us, Yoda's talking to get, yeah. He you notice he's in his old black like, outfit right, from his, uh, on, from uh, Return of the Jedi. It's Look, a callback to it. It's a callback to it. It's 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 close to the, his old black. And now he, 
it's callback. It's callback. It's it, uh, so we get all this, and he walks yep. in. He goes up to Leia. It's a really sweet. Honestly, it's a really hair. sweet moment. And everything, like, everything like there. I mean, yeah, people the are dice, like, which I love the fact. I mean, everyone's like, so he made the dice out of Force Two. I was like, you know what? Crazy. Shut up. It was a really sweet moment. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and, and then you know, C three PO acknowledges him. It's and everyone's else like. Luke Skywalker's here. Looks, and then he walks out there, and like, what's he gonna Harmy, do? Harmy, yeah. And that was a really. Trip, what am I gonna do? Go out and face the whole force with a laser sword, and and we we're like, he's absolutely right. There's him by himself could not destroy the entire first order. It's it is kind wow. of stupid for Leia to be like, we need him back so badly. I I, I will. I know we're kind of running short on time because I bitched too long, but I love this sequence. I think that duel is fantastic. I love seeing Kylo Ren get frustrated. I love him just yelling and screaming and getting pissed off. It's so good. I love Luke's little (laughs) eyebrow raise. I love his little salutes and all his little mannerisms and his state, all his statements and callbacks to his own phrases. That sequence. See around. Yeah. See around kid. See around. That's not a a joke. That's a joke. That's a a Han Solo line. That's a Han Solo line. And that's what's so good. That sequence is really good, and as much as I would have liked to have seen Luke throw down with a bunch of walkers, I think it's a pretty good sequence, and I really enjoyed it. It's clever, and I love clever, and I I thought I I walked out from that sequence going, that was a really good sequence. Um, And then, of course, we get the reveal that as he's been force-projecting himself... It kills him. I mean, it's like, and he made a comment earlier. There's only so much you use the force about it destroying you. Yep. He, you know, he collapses, and we get the nice little twin son. You know, and and it's basically a it's a callback to Obi Wan Kenobi. It's a callback to Tatooine. It's it's a really beautiful sequence, and it's very well done. He does, but I do have a problem with yeah, having uh, especially at the very end. At the very end, they're literally like what twenty people in the Millennium Falcon. Flying away. Well, that's the other thing. I I love the fact that this whole time they've been chopped. You know, the the, the they have. And I guess my problem is that the music the is a little bit too the, triumphant the bears, for that. Bears, bears. Like, guys, you're in a real bad place. <laughs> and look, it's still just a freighter. It's, but it is the Millennium Falcon. It's still just a freighter. <laughs> and I do like, like the idea that the legend the of Luke Skywalker story. is what gets people to rise up, that they that they seed it at the end as the sequel bait. I thought that was a really good idea that was that again ended up being thrown to the side in the garbage. Um so Okay, so let's let me make my, my one point, which is the final shot, which is the boy as he grabs the broom and he does the bit where he's kind of looking in, looking up in the sky and he pretends he's going to be a Jedi one day. That should be the final shot of Star Wars series. That should be the ending. I don't care what the future would be. If you if they'd ended it right there, you've got the fin- you've got the end of the, the, the Skywalker really. You've got the great story that the legend of the Jedi will continue on. Eventually, you know, good will eventually triumph. You don't have to see it; you just know it will happen. You just get the feeling. More importantly, out there, there will be new Jedi. There will be yeah. a, the future. Is there is hope for the future? A new hope is rising again. I mean, no, I think that would have been a great final shot, that honestly, the final because shot it it it, uh, it basically is it's the final passing of the torch. We're not we're not telling stories now. You go out and tell your stories. And honestly, this yes, movie should have exactly. been about passing the torch. It ended up not being about passing the torch, but it. And setting the torch, on, setting the torch on fire, well, additionally to torch, more torches, kind of and then the throwing that on top of a bunch of other torches that were really cool, but we wasted. So we set those on fire in a giant bonfire, which was useless, and then we urinated on it. I ugh, wasted potential. This film is full of wasted potential. Well, okay. Once again, we have to. That once again, that's the problem with it is they have all this great potential, and then Twitter and. We also should point out the fact that Rotten Tomatoes had to change their. No, no, I mean that that, that was a major problem in twenty uh, twenty what twenty seventeen. Is that when this came out? When in twenty seventeen? Yeah, twenty seventeen. 
it was literally like Disney no, they should have had no some clue when The Force Awakens came out and people crapped on it um, all over because social media. They should have had a clue. Well, no, because the film wasn't but controversial. Like The Force Awakens is not a – whatever you can say about The Force Awakens, it's not a controversial film. It's a very safe bet. And honestly, it was a safe bet. It's safe. Yeah, the only controversial we got was there were some hate groups throwing a fit about Finn. Yeah, black guy can't do lightsaber. Like, uh, well, um, there's okay. But apparently, there's a lot of Samuel Jackson's so cool that <laughs> it wasn't. It but wasn't was pre Twitter. It was certainly not pre Twitter. It was just uh, things had well. not gone in the direct. I mean, things had de- had degraded in 2017. We were kind of at a low point in yes. in in the discourse, shall we say? Yeah. Yes, emotionally. Uh, Despite the fact this is 2020, <laughs> we we were in the uh, the anger. Well, there's on, a there's yeah. Anyway, there, much worse in 2017 than it did in 2020. Also, pushing back has become much we kinda, more we, 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 um, we much more of a thing. Now we're kind of because. Uh, so anyway, but my point is, uh, that, the Last Jedi. Yeah, better. Uh, let's get into final thoughts because I think I've said just. I think I could go on for another hour. Yeah, I I could go on for another hour. I'm not gonna. Yeah, but is, I knew this do I like this episode. film? I like some of this film. I think there's a fantastic hour-long film in this that's contained in a two-and-a-half-hour movie. I think that there's a lot of dead weight, there's a lot of bloat, and there's a lot of just wasted opportunity in this movie where they could have done something and then they didn't do it. And they didn't do it for the – and in some cases, and not all cases, some of it is really just is fat, but sometimes they wasted potential because – Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson was so focused on subverting your expectations that he never lets you get a status quo. That's the problem with subverting an expectation. It's like cayenne pepper. A little bit is awesome and can really make a dish sing too much. And now all I can taste is heat and I don't care about the dish anymore. Um, Should you see it? If you've seen The Force Awakens, you might as well see this one, but – you just have to know what you're getting into, that things are going to be wild and wacky from this point out. And if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen any of the sequel series and you, you're thinking, man, this might be fun to watch. Eh, I, I'd say give it a pass just like the last one, uh, unless you're super deep into Star Wars lore. Just okay. go watch The Mandalorian, man. <laughs> All right, so I will uh, counter that with saying this is my second favorite. As I said before, this is number two on my rankings. Empire is number one. This is number two. So, yeah, you know, New Hope is number three. So, for it to be in that level shows where I think they made so many risks. They took so many creative decisions. And I agree with you. They are, there's a lot of twists, but it's the least safest of all the Star Wars films. They, uh, you know, there's a lot of formula that we talked about in the prequels that are ridiculous that it's like, what's the point? This one, I agree with you that maybe there is, you know, like, for instance, the casino sequence, it's too long. But I will counter that with saying that the sequences that are in that are so perfect are so good. It jumps it up so high on so many of the other films. You and I both agree. uh, Cranky old Luke is exactly what Luke should have been. Uh, you know, there was rumors that it was no, honestly, like I would have been pretty happy a, if he had thrown one walker into another force. walker. Like, no, because uh, no. that would have been a nice callback to the Hoth battle where he brings down a walker. I agree. With you. I, I, I would that would well, see, that's it. They're, they're trying to you think that's what's going to happen, but really, what he's and and I would be Oh, yeah, I, I think what they did is uh, honestly, I like what they did, but I'm saying, would I have minded away. if they had shown Luke? It, throw around some major force powers? No, I wouldn't have minded it at all. I don't think what they did was bad. Well, well yes, yes, he is, but he's not. You see what I mean? But he he's actually doing is the though. subtle he's, thing. He's, and it's really, what he's doing is... Yeah. Uh, yeah it's two different... It's two different yeah, size matters not. And honestly, I wouldn't have mind. Again, I wouldn't have minded if they had gone a little old school, back to more prequel-style force powers and just had him wrecking some shit for a few minutes. That would have been fine. I, I, I wouldn't have hated it. I certainly... Yeah, here's it. Yeah, he could have brought every. We don't get that. It would have been cool. Would I have minded seeing it? No. Am I upset that it's not there? No. I think they did a great job with Luke. That's part of the hour-long film. I think is fantastic. That's in this two and a half hour film. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I think we both agree this is some Adam Driver and uh, Daisy Ridley's best work. The acting by almost everybody in this film is fantastic. You know, we both agree that you know there's some side character and some bit parts that are. Over well, the dialogue is not great. I think but I think the acting and the delivery of that dialogue are fine. I think that the actual dialogue in some places is rough as hell, but. The the performances are great. Uh, Tran is great. Boyega is great. Ridley's great. Hamill is obviously great. Uh, I mean, Carrie Fisher. Oh God, I miss Carrie Fisher. <laughs> Carrie Fisher and, and her few scenes are, and that's the thing we have to deal with. The fact is, there were no research on this film, and I've always wondered. You know, I think they were happy with what they got, but they may have had to cancel yeah. research because she died. But you got, so I mean, you got Del Toro, you got Dern, you got Christie, you got, uh, you know, think, you know even Gleason. <laughs> General Hux is hilarious in this. <laughs> Isaac was great. I mean, and by the dry. way, it, it, it's exactly when we get to his, <laughs> his moment. Yeah. It's, it's a really well made film. I, despite the hate, you're like, but as we agreed, you're not gonna. You may not love the whole film. You may not like it at all. But it's the film. Yeah, they did the take a risk, and I think it paid off in some places, and I think it's it did in others, and that's fine. Off. You know what? Take risks with Star Wars. Do it. Do it. Do it. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. God, I love me some Palpatine. And, <laughs> and, but so, uh, uh, yeah. So when we get so, you know, our final, uh, we got two left. We have the. One, which is the <laughs> the Rise of Skywalker, which uh, hopefully will uh, Bruce be able to join us back for that one. We'll have an interesting discussion of what was going on with that film. And then, of course, we're uh, on our 12th day of Star Wars. We'll talk about the other greatest oh. risk. The one risk that George that which shall truly not be took, named. which is, and I'm sure people <laughs> wonder what it was going to be. This. Oh, no. I mean, yeah. Hey, thank you. Thank you for being a friend for listening. Oh, uh, it's gonna be a point. real, it's gonna be a real humdinger of a shoe. We're gonna talk about <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so much cocaine. Like, so done, much cocaine. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But anyway, thanks for listening. This is the Good, the Bad, the Nerdy Movie Podcast. If you liked us, please hit us up on our Facebook group, fans. The Good, Bad, Nerdy Movie Podcast. Please hit us up on Twitter as well. If you have your, your, if you still have a hot take about Last Jet and Lord knows there's articles written as of today, please hit us up and tell us more about it. Thanks for listening. And well, no, we're not going <sighs> to. Ah, fuck if I know, man. Uh, exactly I'm, I'm assuming the they were just extras from another film and they're just like, yeah, we got these suits. Just use them. 